0: Episode one hundred and five of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Greg. So, Tom, I see you've got a, a smile on your face this time. Uh, the last time I seen you on 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 the laptop, you were you were you were trying out the new active route gels, were you?
1: I was. So, yeah, we'll come. I guess we'll come to that. There was, and we've got the review for that tonight, actually, which is cool. So, waiter, anyway, how are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm 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 absolutely fine. You know, I mean, I yeah. We're having a min- a Mistral beer tonight, aren't we? we
1: are so yeah, this is the second episode of our of our series of episodes brought to you by windswept Brewing or the mouth based brewery who, who we're working with at the moment and yeah mistral it's a a quite a light refreshing pale ale
0: I really like it it's um mm. gluten free as well eh gluten free
1: that's and it's interesting so there were the the team at windswept were telling us that they're you know, they pair it as these are the best the best one out when you've earned it. And this one is apparently um post trail running. I I think the taste taste goes down really well. Very drinkable. If you if are thirsty after run goes down well. Um and yeah it's, I'm I'm not someone who looks for a gluten free beer, but I guess if you are that's that's a good one to look towards
0: it's um it's quite fruity as well. I really mm. like it. It's light but fruity. I like a fruity ale. Indeed.
1: Uh, no, I, I've got to say yeah, I would definitely. Actually, I'm a good candidate. I've literally just come back in from a run, so this is this is the first thing that's touched my lips since I've since I got into my run 15 minutes ago. So this uh this is a good trial, and I'm
0: enjoying. Well, it. I actually, I actually thought you had put your finger in the socket, Tom. In the
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there,
0: the Barnett <laughs> cut. cut. This you, is a right. The listeners want to know. Right, a plea. Uh, this is a plea for for from for myself and probably. The majority of our listeners we want tom to get a haircut for next week's episode <laughs> and, and i want you to engrave trs in the back of your head Oof,
1: that is a. I i mean the, the haircut is one thing getting a trs engraved is uh, engraved is maybe not quite what i'm i'm not sure about that mate i'm not sure have you not
0: got um, have you not got strimmers well not strimmers what's it Str- there <laughs> shears i think i think there's the i mean
1: strummers is probably what this thing needs it's i i actually can't remember the last time i went this long without getting a haircut so yeah it's uh, it's definitely in due uh it's definitely due due it. i'll throw you know i've just taken a screenshot of our of our video call i'll throw that on our new instagram account to share with the listeners the two kyle's got nay hair and i've got too much hair at the moment so it's a bit of a contrast why don't
0: you send me some of the posts Tom <laughs> yeah <laughs> make sure it's clean and then I'll stick some on those missing bits on top of my forehead but yeah you're absolutely right we've got a new Instagram account so um, get yourself get yourself following us if you don't already follow us on Facebook or Twitter um, and carton running shorts that's, that's all you have to search for and you'll, you'll see us and you'll see the, the many posts that we've we've already got we've got what Two posts now, have
1: we? Two posts. We've been we've been active less than twenty four hours. We've already got two posts, so we're out of it, <laughs> out of the traps fast.
0: There we are, are not we? Hashtag this, hashtag that, hashtag, Instagram, hashtag and
1: Instagram, on on the chat of social feeds as well. A thousand likes now on Facebook.
0: Oh, I see that. Do you know? Do you know who are uh, thousands? I can't even say the word thousand. Thousand listeners.
1: I think I do. Do you? Is this a are you testing me or checking with me? I'm, I'm checking. You're checking.
0: So, well, it, well,
1: I did look it up because I was gonna put up the when I put the post up um, on about like we got a thousand. I was like, I should find out who it was. I think. Let me just check. Um, I
0: think it was Ian Reed. Ian Reed. Ian Reed.
1: Right. The yeah. Kudos to you, Ian.
0: Oh well, Ian Reed. There's. A, well, I mentioned I'm tarting running shorts. <laughs>
1: yeah. There you go. That's your. That's, <laughs> that's your prize. <laughs> We're up to a thousand and seven now. Um,
0: wow, yeah. So who's going to be our 2000th listener
1: then, eh? Of oh, 2000, that would be
0: look
1: at that. So in terms of giving shout outs, right, what's quite funny is we get um one thing you get on Facebook is you get uh top fans, right? So I'm going to just just to give you the some of our top fans. There's you No, know, how do you know who the
0: top fans are? I, I,
1: if, if you go on see. Facebook, it gives you a list of them, right?
2: And it's you, okay.
1: and basically so top fan for 4 months. I don't know what the definition of a top fan is. I I, I assume it's someone who likes a lot of your stuff. But anyway, the top fan for four months is David Cyril. Nice. David Cyril, sorry. Top fan for three months, Kev Mackey.
0: Oh, Kev Mackey.
1: Then we've got top fan for one month, Andrew Mostyn. Top fan for one month, James Cruikshank. Then we go down the line. We've got three weakers: Craig Ruddy, top man. Oh, um, and nice. then uh, we've got a few others in there, Kaz Addison, Sean Gaffney, Danny Hazard, Ian Gordon Anthony Lucio Janetta. So yeah, cheers, folks, for for engaging with us. It helps. Sorry, we haven't
0: got any prizes there. No, just mentions. That's all we've got. That's yeah. all you want. Your moment of fame. So. Want. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so on in terms of this week, we've got uh we've got a load for you. We've got an interview with Jess Piasecki, British uh Olympian, uh, not Olympian, sorry, British Olympic Olympic hopeful. I should add, um, we were disappointed that we didn't get London this year. Jess was part of that stellar London field that was going to line up. So we'll hopefully see that next year. But anyway, good uh, good interview with Jess. And we've got a bit of our usual chat, runners' rants, um, retro recap. I've got another London. I've got another 60-second recap for you, Kyle. Oh,
0: and brilliant.
1: we've got the Active Root Gel Mix
0: review to come. Oh, fantastic. That's uh, an exciting uh, hour, hour and a bit for, for everyone, eh? Indeed. So, how are you getting
1: on? How's your running been going over the last week?
0: My running's been again just the same as before. It's it's there. It's uh, you know, as you said, I'm 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 am a, a shape. I'm not in shape. I'm not out of shape. I'm a
2: shape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, I've managed to accumulate about. Uh, I had I, I, th- I had a bit of a migraine uh, about. I think it was Wednesday, so I took a complete day off and. Uh, I felt quite quite grateful for the day off because I felt a little bit fresh legged the the days uh thereafter. So, but I've been doing a lot of running. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've been doing quite a lot of running now that um, Debbie's back at work, uh, working from home. I've, I mean, we've both been going out here and there, but I've been doing a lot of buggy running with the wee man. So, uh, we've nice. been hitting the we've been hitting some of the the big hills around Afford. So. Uh, I don't, uh, people who are maybe local may be familiar with the Sui, the Sui Hill, I'm sure you are Tom. So
1: I'm familiar with it, but this is, this is kind of, I guess, to credit to Kyle's running up those with a buggy. I'm familiar with it as a pretty stiff cycling climb.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, it's like, it's like the Cairnhamite, but maybe a little bit, it's maybe not as, uh, as high up, but it's not that far, not that far off, really. Um, but, I mean, the, the running buggy I've got is, is a fantastic buggy. I mean, I, I, I can't give – I don't know what I'd do without a running buggy. It's an out-and-about running buggy. It's brilliant. Um, it's so comfortable. It's so durable. Um, it's just brilliant. But but no matter how high – you know, no matter what kind of buggy you've got, going up a hill is bloody hard work, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so I did that. I've done a few, like, sort of 14 miles on, on you know, big sort of – I've got a big loop I do, and most of it's on the road, but it does go on trail. But because it's so dry, you can the, – the buggy can handle going off-road, and it's got a great suspension. And, uh, you know, Logan sleeps throughout the, the run anyway most of the time. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I, you should see me. I'm stacked now, Tom. Absolutely Jack. stacked. Oh, aye. You know, I might have a you might have a thin-looking gaunt face at the moment, but I'm ripped at the moment. I tell you that.
1: Nice. Is that what in terms of you mean? Just the upper body strength of pushing the buggy?
0: Must be. Nice. Uh, no, I'm not really. I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of feeling just a shape. <laughs> 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 shapeless. Maybe I'm shapeless. I don't know. But no, I, I don't know. It's. I think it's. I try and mix up my run, running with a buggy and, and running just by myself. I don't always run in, because I think, you know, because you've got to push with one hand, so you've always got another hand that's free. You can mm-hmm. push with two hands, but that's a bit awkward. Um, so it's just getting the right mix. But in terms of when I'm doing sessions, I'll um, I'll always, you know, I won't do sessions with, with Logan. I'll do them by myself. For, um, so so it's, it's good in that respect. So Does so you enjoy yeah. it? That's my training, really. Uh, I went a couple of days ago. Uh, I did a steady forty mile in the usual loop I do, but I, I went up and then back down, just uh, just above six minute miles. So I was, I was quite happy with that one. Um, and then uh, yeah, just ticking ticking over, really, Tom.
1: I mean that's all. That, I mean well, that's kind of what we talked about last week, isn't it? Is just is. Just keeping it going. I mean, we we said you know it. So when we talked about that, the we quoted Fraser Klein, who who's the has it doesn't matter what you've done in the twelve weeks before a marathon. It matters what you've done in the last five years. Anyway, I've been listening to a, a lot of Steve Jones podcasts, like any any podcast oh, yeah. I can find that's got with Steve Jones. I've been hunting it down ever since that I watched the nineteen eighty five London marathon. And uh, anyway, Steve Jones said something very similar. So maybe Fraser took it from him. But yeah, that's kind of got me quite inspired. And exactly as you say, just taking over you know I'm you know it's I think that's what's key is not being I also listened to another running podcast which had well actually it had the Steve Jones interview on it it's called Inside Running and it's an, oh, it's basically it's basically the Aussie TRS right <laughs> a, yeah. I, you know those boys have got some pretty good banter they've got some pretty good nicknames actually I think that's something we need to work on <laughs>
0: I nicknames. think uh,
1: yeah like they're all, they're all you know it's the, like these Aussies are like so like yeah hey, Moza yeah how you doing Moose
0: Oh <laughs> I god, that yeah. sort of stuff. So, oh, so, yeah, I Tommy
1: and K, babe. Tommy and K, babe, yeah. So, anyway, what they were saying on there was, um, that, I mean, they're pretty stat heavy. When they talk about their week, they're like, yeah, so I did, a, I did, a, did 5K at 320s. Ah, they're very precise. Very precise, precise in their training. We're not case. quite there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were talking about how, I mean, one of them was saying that, you know, when races come back, I want to be ready. And then one of them was like, you know, I'm someone who needs races and I can't motivate myself without races and I'm just dipping off. And I I was wondering, where am I? And I think I'm probably in the former. I think I'm pretty, I'm really feeling pretty fired up to keep going at the moment. And I'm not burying myself. And that was something else he said. There's no point in going in. There's absolutely no point in doing that three, four week out from a marathon or big race session that you kind of really, the big sessions that really you get the, you know, it's a quite a tiring session that you get a lot out of, but there's a lot of yeah. uh, impact for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not certainly not doing anything like that. You know, I did last week. I did last week. I did a a session on Tuesday. I did five by a mile. It was like sort of half marathon progressing to ten k pace. So splits between like five twenty five down to like five fifteen, and then the second, which was good, pretty solid session, felt good. And then on the I did a fart like on Thursday, ten miles with some. Uh, through the forest with some efforts just sort of surging and then trying to, you know, up, increase and reduce it a bit as we went, which was good. Uh Did a bit of Zwift running. I made my Zwift run debut last week.
0: I see that. Which, uh,
1: which was quite good fun. It was, it's really interesting. It's really, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's. it will be cool in the winter. I guess when you've got like, I don't know. I, I, you know. I'm still, for me, Jury's still out in the treadmill. I, I'm really enjoying watching stuff on the treadmill, like watching Old London. So I found that what, when, being on Zwift and just watching an avatar of myself running didn't really do much for me. I quite liked having this, everything on the screen and being able to see heart rate, pace, cadence, and all that in real time. What to do with that, I'm not really sure, to be honest. So I, I'm, it's, I can see it'd be cool if you did a group run. And maybe we should do a TRS meetup sometime and get a few listeners to join. Anyway, so I did a rift run. That was fine. Easy run. A couple of easy runs on the treadmill. And then on Saturday, I did hills. So I did a kind of, a sort of staircase hill. So four by 90 seconds, four by 60 seconds, four by 30 seconds. Good. Trying to get nice. a bit of strength in the legs. And then on Sunday, I did did yeah, another 20 miler, uh, which was good. So um, you know, yeah. again, listen back to that interview you did with Charlie Spedding. I, did, I listened to that a couple of weeks ago. And Charlie Spedding, what do you do on a weekend? 20 miles every weekend. So what am I doing Good. now? 20 miles Whoa. every weekend.
0: Hell, eh? That's how you get your mileage up. So what was your mileage for the week then? 87. So yeah, pretty consistent. 87. There. I feel like, I, I feel like, I'm, I feel like, I mean, I was just sitting
1: about 95 in marathon training. So I feel like I've got, I'm sitting at a, I found a level, 80 to 80, 80, 85-ish that feels quite comfortable without, I don't feel like I'm really stretching myself in terms of time. Yeah and i think that you know I've, I've got i've got somewhere to go when we hit training because so i guess that's the other thing you don't want to be in a place where you've literally got nowhere to go when you start your next blocks so i feel like if they said and it was interesting um um i went you know speak, i was we were speaking to steph 12 next week as a, so steph's come on the show in a couple of weeks time steph was saying how you know when you've got she's kind of in a position that she's waiting for the green light say if they say right london's happening and it's 12 weeks out then you go then you hit your block but she's not in a place and I, she's there now you get some people who are like oh I'm getting my best ever training in right now and I'm, I'm definitely not there I'm definitely sort of similar place to, to Steph like I feel like I've got I've got somewhere to go when when the races appear on the horizon so yeah, good week
0: yeah I can't complain I like too much
2: it.
1: yeah and well, I'm wearing I, a lot I of hats
0: uh, I see you've been putting putting everything on your Strava these days you're <laughs> going to put your breakfast on there as well are you so I'm What's putting what what Kyle's my friend? Unless the brace, my bully. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa! down there, uh, two Sally. a minute. What's all this about? I'm not putting. I'm not putting on. Uh, on, I don't. A, I don't do Pilates. So B, no, I'm doing. A, <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing a, <laughs> um, do, Yeah, unless the brace. I thought you know, I'm. I'm a. i am i am think it's great. I want to share the fact I'm doing it. I think other people should do it. So, yeah, and I, I also, I'm someone who likes to track when I did things, and I don't keep a diary as such. So it was. Stop. It, I think the watch. I'm, What's that about?
0: Stop, stop, stop your watch. Nobody, nobody cares if you stop your watch. What, what activity is that? Ah, right, okay. You've added, you've added two miles on your. Oh PC. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Sorry, I went out for a run and I had to stop. All right, you know we're amongst friends here, with you and the listeners. I had to stop for a wilder poo. All right, so <laughs> I didn't. I stopped my watch and I didn't restart it afterwards.
0: How? Jeez, windmilling as well. You were doing wind miling. Wind miling, right? Jeez, wilder poos and windmilling.
1: Yeah, although the Wilder Pooh wasn't on the windmill run. It was on just a, a regular run. And I thought I was going to make it. And this is the, actually, you know, we're already about interaction on our Instagram account. Dave Andrews, old man Dave. He's <laughs> saying, the problem is the trails are so busy and there's no bloody public toilets or pubs or cafes. You can't drop in. So, you know what? You, sometimes you need to go. And I got caught two miles from the we're house going. at Hazelhead. <laughs> I wish I was bloody windmilling. <laughs> I was turtle heading is what I was doing.
0: <laughs>
1: what do you do? Honestly, I'm in. The, I'm in the forest. There, oh. There's a public toilet in his life that's not open. There's a cafe that's not open, and I thought I'm not going to make this. will to a 20 mile it. run. This, this it, was it wasn't coffee. a 20 mile run. I got in the 20 mile run. That, that's, this, was, this was actually not a long run. Rookie mistake. I should have probably oh. one of those runs. Before I went out, I thought mm, I'll just go. I'll be fine. I wasn't fine. Oh, no. So sure oh. enough, I had to nip into a, a quiet spot. I mean, I'm 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 not someone who's ashamed by it, by windmill, by it. I love windmill. No. <laughs> <laughs> Helicoptering. No, I was uh, I was I was yeah. It is what it is. But I, I would it's as Dave says, there's bloody nowhere to go and there's people everywhere.
0: Yes, yeah. There is. you're right enough. Like you know, you can't. You, you, no no place safe anymore. Eh? Just stick to your swift runs, Tom.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, that's. Do you know? I didn't. There's, there did swift run. The reason I jumped on it is I was thought it was first thing in the morning. I thought, I'm not convinced I'm going to make a run here without needing the run. So I, I went on the treadmill and I didn't actually need to go, but that would be the, the good thing is you can jump straight off to the bathroom. Anyway, yeah. a bit too much information for the listeners there, but that's another good week for me. And yeah, do you know, I don't really know. I still, we've got no, My you know, week on week we change. I, I'm now in the position, I don't think we're going to be getting big races this year. We might get a couple of local 10Ks yeah I'm someone who likes a big race, so I'll race what I can race, but it, it really is quite a shame we're not going to have any massive no. events to go for
0: what do you think um what what do you think will happen to London? Do you think it's going to go ahead or I don't do think, think... I think they'll push it I think they'll cancel it i
1: I just yeah. think that I don't there's no way they're going to have a mass event and i i i just don't I'm not sure i I think the the sponsors <laughs> or the organizers can Will want can put on what they need to put on for just an elite field.
0: A yeah, lot like if you do a risk assessment, bloody hell.
1: Well, people will still want to go. I mean, at the moment, England's England is is not completely locked down, so people will if I'm people will still want to go out and watch it. So you'll still get people gathering the side of the road if you've got and also will the will likes of Kipchog and Bukele want to run?
0: Will, will they be, able to, will to be able to fly
1: in? They'd have to have a 14 yeah. day quarantine,
0: yeah, exactly. Um. Mozart, I got an email today, Mozart's oh, yeah. been cancelled this year, so it's uh, ah, next year, but I'm not that, you know, I'm not that boring really, it's, uh, it is what it is, there's not much you can do about it, so um, I'll just wait until whatever happens, so yeah. yeah. Um,
1: we'll definitely but, go, out. you should go out next year, because then, you know, that's uh, you're becoming a bit of a regular there.
0: Ah, I really like it. It's a great race. Um, you know when you just, you just love a race, you just want to go back and experience it. Yeah, one of them, you know. It's in, but I'm sure there's me I need to broaden my horizons as well. eh? true. That, that ever growing list of TRS races for next year, anyway. Bloody long. Chat. Do you know I was
1: um I was looking at some uh some f- photos like old photos came up my feeding. No, a I'm missing races. B I'm missing holidays. And I was looking through some Chamonix pictures from last summer. I was like, oh. What a great trip. What a, oh, great, awesome. what a great weekend. Um, you know, from a running and from a sort of mate's perspective. And like, I was just like, oh, that is so sad that that sort of thing is completely off the cards right now.
0: I know. It's, it's, um, I don't know what's happening with UTMB, um, if it's going ahead or not. But uh, We'll get those days. Those days will come, sure enough, quite quickly. It's, it's nice way, to darling. reminisce. It's a great, it's a great time to, to look back on your races and go, Oh, yeah, I remember that. I loved that race. And, yeah. Um, so what What is uh, one thing we haven't really done, Tom? Maybe we'll do it for next week. We haven't really done fartlet questions on ourselves, have we? <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you know, that's funny because, you know, recently right, I've been listening to a lot of old episodes on my runs. I've started, you know, just because a lot of easy runs. And I, I've listened to, you know, some of my personal highlights are things like I, I do really enjoy the post-UTMB one. Uh, I said listening to Charlie Spedding is a good one. Um, I really enjoyed the I actually listened to the one after Frankfurt because I thought it was a nice positive one for me to go yeah. back to remember the good days of r- racing well and also I really enjoyed the of course the Finley Finley uh short oh. escapade anyway so but you know what struck me when i 'm listening to some of these old interviews with people i 'm thinking i 'm not sure i 've been trying to work out what my answers are for them, so that maybe that is a good idea to do it
0: yeah, I think so, but do we do that off the cuff or do we uh you know, do, do do we get time to to think about the the questions? I think we do. Answers?
1: I think we both prepare partly questions for the other, and we do off we'll do court. that for next week. Yeah, deal. That's a good deal. Right,
0: done. And uh, well, yeah, I've got a few questions I want to ask anyway. So maybe next week we'll interview each other. Sounds good. Let me. Yeah. I need. to Yeah. Oh, uh
1: Excellent. Like, I like that.
0: And we're actually doing okay with guests as well coming on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. So. A lot of people to a lot of fantastic athletes and uh, well well-kent faces around the, the, the Scottish athletics scene and beyond to yeah you and to get experiences and learn from their successes and um, it's, it's, it's exciting times. Do you and, know, I really so, I enjoyed well,
1: Chris O'Hare mate. That was a good. Uh, I hadn't listened to it until my um, long run. I really enjoyed. I thought it sounds like a top lad and. Yeah, really. Uh, it was that was uh that was good. Really uh, insightful.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. I, I was listening back again, and um, a few bits of of editing last week. Uh, all the, our new music and uh, oh our, yes, our, our intro and the outro and the interviews. It, it was brilliant. But yeah, Chris O'Hare, I love uh, yeah a lot of lot of good stuff. So listeners, if you haven't listened to him yet, go and have a listen. Really insightful. What really positive guy, and um, you know it's good to to see. Top runners like him having ups and downs and being quite open about it too, and um, mm-hmm. you know it's not all plain sailing, but uh, it's good to see him doing so well. So, yeah.
1: One thing I'm doing at the moment, and, t- and this is not quite in running, but it's a, it's definitely got me a motivation. Are you watching The Last Dance?
0: Funny you say that, Debbie is bye uh, Oh my! I'm you've got to watch watching. it,
1: mate. You've got I'm to watch guess. it. It's I mean it's the best sports documentary I've ever seen. Michael Jordan, I've got... I mean, I knew Michael Jordan was a great... I knew he was a good bas- a good basketball player. I knew the Bulls won a lot. I didn't realize what an absolute great he is and a sporting great. And, and there's so much you can take from it. And it really... I came out of it just wanting to be... wanting to work harder. Wanting to train harder. And I'm not wow. even... We've not even finished it yet. I mean, it's... Honestly, any listeners who are looking for a bit of a Netflix binge, forget the Tiger King. This blows out the water. <laughs> the Last Dance is... Incredible. I mean what a sporting what a franchise the Bulls were in the nineties and what you know what a man. Not not an athlete, what a man Michael uh, Jordan was.
0: Um, I'll I'll get myself on it then. I'll try and catch up with Debbie then. Nice. There you go, listeners. Free advice.
1: Right, Kyle. So moving on. There's a bit of new running news I want to get your reaction on. So you're you're our resident ultra expert and elite ultra athlete on the on the podcast here. What Back do you down. reckon to Zach Bitter's 100-mile treadmill world record over the weekend?
0: I, I, uh, I, I noticed, uh, so to, uh, what I'll say is, uh, Tom, you, you put the post up on Facebook, didn't you? And I did, your, yeah. What a reaction. Responses, your, your responses for them were, um, were, were, were probably more biased towards you than me, but I, I actually would love to do 100-mile on a treadmill.
1: Right. Make it happen then.
0: Do it. I, get it on Swift. Do it. But I don't want it. But I, I don't want to do it for the shits and though. I'd rather do it and <laughs> try and get as close to that time as I, can. I, know so I you, can.
1: seven eighteen minute miling. What do you reckon? I don't know.
0: Like I, I'd like to. I'd like. What is it? Twelve. What's twelve hours and seventeen seconds? Of, what was the record again? Uh, Eleven.
1: Like. He ran it in a do 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 do. do. Sorry, I'm, I'm. Do you want to get the exact one to the times? Where are we? Uh, eleven, eleven
0: nineteen. Oh no, it wouldn't be. That's the world record.
1: That's the world record. Ah, oh, sorry, that's the outdoor world record. record yeah. one. Um, do you know this? Uh, this article doesn't actually have the time on it. Yeah. Um, to the sorry. minute. <laughs> know what's here. Twelve,
0: twelve
1: o' nine fifteen, breaking the record by twenty-one minutes. Uh, yeah, and actually, so interesting enough, he used two treadmills to stop because obviously the treadmill shut down after a certain amount of time. So he he fluctuated between two treadmills, and I haven't seen any like breakdown of his pace. I assumed he just ran. I assume he slowed actually because we know that ultra running, a lot of people do tend to slow. But um at halfway point, he was averaging seven oh three, which gave him a comfortable cushion ahead of the the record that was set last May. He slowed a bit for the next ten miles and dropped to five forty two for a mile 62... No, sorry. He slowed down until 10. Then he went up to it. He ran a 5.42-minute mile for the 62nd mile. He then looked oh, tired of the next few miles, this article on Runners World talks about. And then he took a slightly extended break at mile 87 to eat a bag of potato chips uh, in the bathroom to lift his spirits. That was the only solid ate during the 12 hours. At 90, he found another gear to bring him to the finish and he completed the event in 12.915, breaking the record by 21.21. 21. So, yeah. Um... I th- I'm fascinated by it. And I, you know, I'm someone who's only, I think I've been to, I've been to just under two hours on a treadmill. And I actually saw a bunch of mates. Uh, in fact, you'll know these guys as well, total endurance. They were on Zwift for like 15 hours the other day or something like ridiculous doing a, a charity bike ride on Zwift. And it made me think if you were going to do this challenge, you would, I mean, a people would follow you, mate. If you were to jump on and try and run hundred miles on a treadmill on, and you just hooked up to Zwift so anyone could come and join you, that would be incredible.
0: The thing is, though, like to get the record, you have to have like a calibrated treadmill and you've got to get a tested and things. Um, ah, right. So I can't just jump one mile and bash out a hundred mile. I mean, I could, but the, the thing about my treadmill is it goes up to an hour and then you, you have to reset, it, which is annoying. But mm. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would get, you know, win, not win, but get anywhere near it but it'd be quite cool just to to see how I get on
1: to try and do it i i mean i know i wouldn't be i couldn't run anything near that but i and i i'm oof. i mean i guess the 718 my average pace or so the total time that includes breaks i guess
0: so yeah it's it's, it's bit as an animal i mean there's um he's got the outdoor 100 mile record which is like 11 yeah, 11,
1: 11, yeah that was the one i was i was mis misreading yeah eleven nineteen outdoor Thirty-four years old though, he's the same bracket as us.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's um. It's it's interesting you say about his splits because I think when he did the outdoor one, he actually was faster than he was for the first, the second half of the first. Really? Half. Wow. Um, and he ended up getting the world. The there's a twelve-hour record as well. It's a twelve and twenty-four hour world record. So he kept after he got the, the hundred-mile world record, the eleven nineteen. He he then continued for. I never forty minutes to get to break the twelve hour record mentally.
1: It is absolutely mental. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I don't know. Like I think I, I would I would never want to train on a treadmill for that period of time. There's some interesting debate on on Facebook. I don't know if you've got the article up, but um, or the the comments from everyone. But for personally, I if I was in a race, a hundred mile race or a time trial, I I wouldn't get bored. I don't think because I know. That I'm, I'm in the zone, I, I can just switch off. And I, that's why I love ultra running, because I can just like, I can just switch off and just go in race mode and just enjoy it, enjoy the pain and all the things that go, you know, happen during an ultra, uh, mm. like fueling and things. I, I think it's fascinating what the body can do. Okay, it runs a lot slower than the wooden 5K, 10K, half marathon, but um, I, don't know, I think it's just fascinating.
1: Do you know what's cool is there was a, they had a lot of like friends following it. And there was an open Zoom call you could dial into and he had it in front of him so you could see like all his pals and people joining. It was called, um, what was it, the Run with Zach, this video call that people were dialing into. So up to 250 people got involved, some of which were on their own treadmill, some people just sat on their couch cheering yes. him on. Like Dean Karnazes jumped in, uh, Eric Schranz, who's a, a podcaster, uh, yep. James Stewart. Jumped in, Don Freeman. So, like, there's loads of people who are jumping in, like, to give him a bit of support on there. Well, James Stewart's a uh, Scottish man. Absolutely, uh, yeah, Glasgow based. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: So,
1: yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's really that. I guess that would keep you going. But I still think, I mean, as I say, I, I mean, you got to remember, I'm not some, I'm not even done an ultra marathon, so I've not run more than three hours. So, the thought of doing 12 hours of running full stop is, uh, is frightening to me let alone doing it
0: on a treadmill try to do 30 hours oof yeah that's a long time mate I saw
1: saw (laughs) that that's maybe why that's maybe why I'm not (laughs) interested in there (laughs) that's true but yeah it's funny yeah 632 average pace was his 53 miles and by 60 miles he was at 712 and he finished at 718 so I don't know if he slowed or he just had more breaks
0: wow see 632 for the first 50 miles 53 miles yeah what the hell that was average.
1: yeah i would love to see like a i would love to see surely somewhere there's an upload of like is strava or is you know like the actual date on it that'd be incredible
0: to see that would be cool but well anyway if uh, anyone wants to send me a, what, what treadmill did he use so he used a, a nordic track x22i treadmill now i think this treadmill. Really nice. can go, the incline can go up and it can also go down as well oh so that's nice what, I wonder what incline he had
1: on. Oh, that's interesting. Downhill mm-hmm. treadmill, that's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, it looks like quite a wide treadmill as well. Like it looks really like, you know, as someone who's started running a treadmill, I'm starting to appreciate what the, I mean, we've got a pretty standard width, it's fine for us, but that one looks super wide.
0: Mm. Well, if anyone wants to send me that treadmill and calibrate it, I'll go for the, a, a, a wild record that no one's ever tried. Seven days. There we go. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, Nordic, if you're listening, you, you want to sponsor an episode in exchange for a free treadmill for Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Fill your boots. I'd be
0: nowhere near it, like, but it'd be fun to
1: do. It'd be a great band. I think of the TRS listeners. We'll dial into – it'll be called, uh, you know, I don't know what we'll call it, Run With K, Babe, and we'll just you'll – you'll be running around this Whiffed Island with, like, hundreds yeah. of TRS listeners just tailing <laughs> you. hilarious.
0: What's uh, a 100K world record in the treadmill? Like, a lot of these – the thing is, like treadmill running, like the the world records are weak because no one, no one does them because they're not, they don't mean anything.
1: You know, Zach Bitter might have broken it actually when he did it. Oh no, sorry, Phil Anthony. This is an old article, two thousand fourteen. I'm sure that it's been beaten, but since then, Phil Anthony, a British guy, ran 640. 640?
0: Yeah. Oh man, bloody hell.
1: Yeah. On the treadmill? On the treadmill, yeah. That's 6.26 miling. That was in oh. 2014, so I can't guarantee that's not been beaten. But, um, yeah. Do you know what we should do? We should actually uh, sometime, and I noticed there was a couple of people who responded say that they use Zwift and they, they run on the treadmill a lot with Zwift. And, I, and I, this one of the guys, I can't remember his name. I'll find it because it, it was great. It was a new listener, which was cool. He was running. He goes to these um, run with Tim Don meetups on, uh, on, on Zwift. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that'd be quite cool like to do a, a TRS meetup on, on Strava oh, like on Zwift sometime I'm just like you know we could organise this meetup and I don't know folk could run it, it would may, it maybe it may meet you and just that would be it <laughs> nobody would sign in but you know if it gets someone out if it gets someone motivates someone to do a run when they might not have then that'd be cool
0: do you what do you think about like running the Zwift do you think it's do you think it's accurate or like what's it like is it
1: so I, I use a foot pod and I use, and actually this is a tip for any listeners because I didn't realize it. So I've got Garmin Forerunner. What is it? Let me just make, uh, give a free, a free plug to Garmin here. Take it off so I can see what the model is again. Uh, I got Garmin Forerunner 945. And when I go into activities, it's pretty much the same um, software in there as the, the Phoenix 6 pl- and onwards. And if I go in there, I can select virtual run as a, as a, a mode and then that will pair to my phone and my laptop, and it will send my running data to to, the, to Zwift through that. And it's taking, and my in turn, my watch is connected to my foot pod and my heart rate monitor, so, um, so when I was on, I actually ran on Zwift this morning, so I had a, I've had got a foot pod on, which is calibrated roughly, so I was running at, you know, like 172 cadence, and it, I guess that picks up that that's about seven-minute-miling for me.
0: Right, yeah, so it's not that accurate then.
1: I I d I don't I mean I, I think it's I don't know. The problem is the treadmill for me is I don't think is that accurate. So I don't know how you would um yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well maybe it is.
0: It, it, it it's pretty cool. I mean Debbie uses Zwift and it's it's great for cycling. Yeah. It's great for that and, and she, she usually joins in like some of these uh, like she's got mates on on Zwift as well and she'll go and do a little Zwift cycle together and Especially in this day and age, eh? Oh,
1: um, yeah, they must be creaming it in those
0: with. Oh, they must be, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool it's,
1: in cycling, yeah. Yeah,
0: um, but for for running, it's definitely a little a little market there, eh?
1: Uh, indeed, yeah. So I'm just trying to find out who that who the listener was. Who, anyway? Yeah, loads. Of you jumped in on this, Carl says on the on the treadmill thing, which is pretty cool. Shout out! We'll give a couple of shout outs. Gem Wetton, who is uh, advocating running with. Classics like One Tree Hill, and you know I'm, I'm I'm I have to admit I'm gonna I'm gonna call call right here. My wife was on the treadmill watching One Tree Hill last week.
0: i Bet you were too, eh? Mate, I'm on uh,
1: 1986 London Marathon. I've got 1987, 1986. I'll talk about today. With 1987, I started watching today. I've not quite finished it. It's got I've got a great story for that. And actually, i haven't mentioned this to Cal yet. I'm trying to speak to one of the guys who led the race for about 5k to talk oh. to, to really take retro results to a new level.
0: <laughs> so not the guy like three years ago. Maybe the guy who uh, the local club runner boy.
1: Oh no, not him. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, since uh, I'll him sh- just as a just as a teaser, just because it's easy for you, I can share it with you. Um, anyway, I'm I'm watching the I'm watching London this morning on my on my uh, phone. I'm like I'm sort of thinking, uh, not sorry, on YouTube. And I'm thinking, the minute the start went off, I knew exactly who that was off the front. And I was thinking, that is uh, that, um, for retro race results. I need to get that. That I need to get that man on. <laughs> hey, <yes.
0: laughs> it's the one it, man. <laughs> it ah.
1: is. look at. I mean, this is again. This we'll we'll maybe throw this on on the new Instagram account. But look at that. I mean, you can't. It's clear as a whistle. It is
3: 4:49 for a mile.
1: Amazing. <laughs> so I thought that I'm going to give him give him a call this week and see if we can get 15 minutes of discussion <laughs> on what it's like to it's, lead the London Marathon. Oh.
0: He's happy enough to call us, so uh, exactly. Let's, let's, uh, change, change the what's it? I
1: turn the ta- oh, turn the tables.
0: Yeah, <laughs> tables have turned. That's brilliant. Well, uh, well, let's, well. Let's continue with the theme of London Marathon. Then tell us your story. Then let's tell us your tell us your nineteen eighty six account if you've got it ready to go. Have you?
1: Right. So l- yeah. Well, it's off the cuff here. You know, it's fresh off in memory. Cuff. So nineteen. It's a picture of the scene. Nineteen eighty six London Marathon, and for the oh, first oh, time. Oh, for the first time, pretty pretty ropey weather. It's windy and it's very overcast, a lot of cloud cover. And unfortunately, oh. the problem is the BBC cop- chopper can't take off. And in, what's annoying is the BBC rely on all their little bikes, the, the the tracking cameras. They're sending their signal up via the chopper to the BBC um studios or wherever they're processing it. So because the BBC chopper can't take off, there is no coverage of the race for the first 30 minutes. (laughs) So I'm running watching this thing. And all they're relying on is fixed cameras. So there's a fixed camera at the start and a fixed camera at Cutty Sark. So literally, there's like 30 minutes of just constant footage of people starting. Then it goes to Cutty Sark to see the wheelchairs come through and eventually, because at 10K, the, the leaders come through. Um, anyway, avenge, and print, although ironically, Prince um, Charles starts the race and then he instantly jumps in his chopper, which conveniently is able to take off. And <laughs> flies off. <laughs> Much to the commentators Like, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's to do with the, the cloud cover and the height. Anyway, <laughs> not as interesting as 85. It was a pretty one-sided affair in the men's race anyway. It was, uh, by the time they got the to Tower Bridge, just at halfway, the um the eventual winner, Toshihiko Seiko, Japanese runner, was away. And he went, I mean, put in a serious shift. And it was it, it a was big gap. And I I couldn't, I obviously didn't know the result. And he was being hunted down by previous winner um, or who, who won it a couple of years prior, Hugh Jones, an and English oh, yeah. runner. And Hugh Jones is hunting him down. And I was thinking, did Hugh Jones win London more than once, maybe catch them? And Seiko really starts to fade a wee bit in the second half. And anyway, Fair play, holds on, wins it and it's not a very quick time actually for that. I think it's like two just over two ten. Uh Hugh yeah. Jones was a minute that back. Is, sir. Sorry? Tactical race. Not really, just guts from Seiko. He just went off, as I say, the second half, pretty much ran it on his own and blew yeah. the field away. Hugh Jones came... Well, Hugh Jones was about two minutes back and eventually pulled it back to about a minute back, but never really threatened to come back. Um, Hugh Jones ran two twelve, And then Alistair Hutton, third place. So we've seen now uh, Alistair Hutton feature in the in the top three two years in a row, which is interesting at that stage. And we know, obviously, Alistair goes on to win it in 91. So really interesting to see him feature there. Um, what was cool was... Um, for the first, unlike the previous years, they actually start to show a bit more coverage of the women's race. Winner um, win for uh, Greta Waits in 224 or 54. So, not, the, not exactly a showcase London, but 87, which I'm watching now, is already shaping up. I'm, I'm only 15km, but it's shaping up to be a, a better watch. So, there you go, that's the 62nd one. So, the 1986 London Marathon winners Toshihiko Seiko and Greta Waits. Right, the late, the late Greta waits, eh? Mm. So this is an education. The TRS listeners are going to be well educated on the history of marathon running in Britain by the time we finish this. Uh, by the time, oh, by I time, think, I promise you, yeah. by the time the races come back, I'll have gotten to current
0: time. She was a former world record holder as well. Greta Weitz. Um mm. sadly died of cancer, fifty-seven. Yeah, she, yeah. Well,
1: but it's um, it's funny though. That at the the start, they actually the. I told you last week about the Virgin men Start. So it's now called The Vets and Virgins.
2: <laughs> it's got the vet,
1: vet men and, and men who've never run it before separate to the elite start. It's just absolutely comical.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Oh, me. Well we'll, well, we'll be all looking forward to next week's installment of 1987, Tom. Um, indeed. So that's um, that's Retro Recap. Well, well talking about competition, uh, I see there's been a... I mean, it's not really tucked running as such, but um, there's been virtual pole vault competitions in, in the gardens. Oh, got,
1: <laughs> I have garden athletics. Yeah, it's great. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> that's, that's how it, What do you make of that then? Do you think uh, we should be doing, you know, there should be like races in the gardens these days, virtual garden races? Or? Why?
1: I didn't see the women's on the weekend, but I did see the highlights of the men's the week before with the... Uh, is it the Plantis... Um, who's the French guy?
0: Um, uh, Renaud Lavellini. Lavellini. Uh, and there's and, uh, a third. Arnold De Plantis. That's it. The Armand De Plantis, the Swedish and,
1: guy. And these guys are, and who's the American? Is it American as well? God, I'm. that's absolutely gone. Anyway, the three... Great set pole vaults at the moment, and uh, yeah, it was really cool to watch. I mean, pole, I like the fact it was how many times can you clear a certain distance in like sixty minutes or something. So it added a bit of like a time pressure to it as well. I think it's good. I mean, I guess they're obviously scratching their brains to think what what race, what events can they still do in broadcast. Um, and I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what else you can do unless they start doing like shot putt in the garden.
0: What's um? Is it not talk of the Diamond League athletics happening? I, I haven't seen
1: that. I haven't seen that.
0: I think the the new dining league dates have been announced, um, and uh, this is the dates that they have. It's the fourteenth. This so this is all that you've got. At least two, three, six, nine. You've got eleven dates from August to October. Um, do you not? Is that not a, so? Yeah, the Oslo quite, it's quite uh, compressed. Well, in fact, the Oslo Diamond League in the eleventh of June is still set to take place. However, it's going to be behind closed doors. It's going to be called the Impossible Games Exhibition Event. Mm. Weird. What do you make of that? Do you think that's do you think that's a bad taste or?
1: I mean, I guess like the Bundesliga has come back, and I get you know football leagues and things that are ongoing. and They need to get. They need to. Um, a lot of them want to. Finish the season. Although the SPL today have said they won't be finishing the season, they're going to finish it as it is in the current position stand, including champions and relegation. For athletics, mm-hmm. I guess if there's a demand for people to watch it and they feel that it will, you know, it, it, you know, it's worth holding. Fine. My only concern is, I'm not how are athletes supposed to train for that because you know some countries may not. I mean, at the moment, British athletes can't get access to tracks. You know, they can. Yeah, you know, So. Uh, I'm not sure. also,
0: competitors won't be able to travel like from country to country so uh i'm not sure that's I, true I'm just, I've, I've just i've had a quick look at some of the some of the things that over and above the 15 diamond league series um the uh this impossible games the idea would be that some people will be doing like uh like solo attempts and things so mm-hmm. um one of the Norwegians is going to go for the three thousand meter record. Uh, from Gretty Watt, Gretty Wa- waits is Norwegian record as well. Uh, mm. Two hundred meter hurdles head to head is set to take place as well. Um, Inge and brothers might take part. So who knows? Eh. It's That's all uh, a bit strange. It's a
1: bit strange. I yeah. I kind of. I guess everyone's chomping a bit to hear confirmed dates, and you know we said it last week. It feels like London maybe jumped the gun a wee bit with their their postponement. I think uh, I'm really not sure that international sporting events are going to come back
0: that quickly. Nah. Eh. Well. Anyway. Well, in the spirit of London, hopefully going ahead at some point. Um, well, we had. I mean, that's a big, a big disappointment for the certainly the female British athletes. Not. Being able to go head to head to head, uh, we've got Steph 12 we've got uh, Steph Davis, who, and uh, Jessica Piasecki as well. So, well, let, let's get her on then, will we?
1: Yes. So, listeners, here we are. Uh, we're delighted to have on Jess Piasecki, who's a you know a Brit- top British athlete, and yeah, um, really a uh, really cool person to chat to. This week, I'm um, chuffed to be joined by one of Britain's top marathoners, Jess Piasecki. So, Jess, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So, you are. I think you've got the honour of being the first non-Scottish woman we've had on the show.
3: <laughs> oh wow! Pressure is,
1: as, as we broaden out here on TRS. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you're also. I mean, you're. I mean, we were delighted that we could get you on. You're. I mean, at the moment, you're. Some. You know, your times, particularly the run, what you ran in Florence last year, fantastic. We'll come to that. We're obviously excited to watch you slog it out last weekend at London um in the elite pack. That didn't obviously didn't happen. Just before we get into your background, how are you finding lockdown life then as a as an athlete?
3: Yeah, so um I think it comes in in waves really. So most of the time I'm fine and I'm just sort of getting on with the training and I'm still working. Like um I work I've worked part-time now from January, so I work three days a week. Um, and then my other two days are meant to be like you know training days as it were and other admin bits so I still have a lot of work to do like the Monday Tuesday Wednesday. So that keeps me occupied during the day most of the time um, but then you know some days are better than others some days I just it's it's not that I don't want to go running because I always want to go running but it's just trying to find that sense of purpose I think not only in like the outcome goal initially I think But for me personally, you know, I've put quite a lot of things aside now to, you know, this was meant to be the Olympic year, This Florence was great and this is why we were meant to be, you know, heading on to the next sort of step. And it's like, okay, I've given up all this and now what's my purpose? You know, is anything actually going to happen at any time soon? Because I'm I'm really like sceptical if anything will even happen in the autumn. I mean, I really hope it does. but. Um, but at the same time, you know, you flick on the news and you think, right, my problems aren't really that bad. But let's just get out there and do this run. Mm. So it definitely comes in in waves of like good and then clearly not so great. I, I still always get it done.
1: And how were you feeling ahead of London? Because it was it was a relatively late cancellation, I guess, for London. You were were you, shape, were you shaping up well?
3: Yeah, so um, everything was sort of uh, progressing as well as we could hope, really. And I was just sort of really excited about the prospect of doing London. Like, I've watched it for so many years on, you know, on the telly. Um, it's been, you know, always been like a family affair. Like we we'll all sit down and watch it, or me and my husband make sure we record it and I come and watch it. Don't check your phone, like look <laughs> the results. Look at it after the Sunday run, and um, it's it would have been amazing to just be part of that whole build up as well you know because we're meant to be sort of doing the press thing on the Thursday and being in the the sort of elite hotel and just getting um all the home crowd behind you because I think for the girls particularly with four of us already having the time and another you know I don't know 10 people still capable of running the time it would have been a great race so and I love racing I love competition so I was really excited but then I think the boys mentioned this when they were on we were told London was cancelled um but then we were still told that Uh, an event was going to go ahead as like a trial behind closed doors so you sort of had to still keep trudging along for that but then at the same time you know everything was um getting worse and worse in terms of like the coronavirus and the whole of the UK and then I think it was British Athletics and England Athletics sent a statement out saying all competitions were postponed for the whole of April Mm -hmm. um and we were like okay so does that mean our trials on or off so we were then trying to get the confirmation that this closed trial was going to be off um, and we actually got that like after that statement was released so it was a little bit confusing um, so once we got it it wasn't surprising in a way and I think there was some kind of I suppose there was disappointment obviously but it was also relief a little bit I think because with everything that was going on I don't think it would have been safe for anyone and you know you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're not safe training anymore and things like that so it was all And then the Olympics being postponed was kind of like, it was good because I don't think any athlete really feels as though they can prepare as best as they can at the moment. Um, You know, under normal circumstances, it would be entirely different. So I think it was almost a sense of, right, okay, let's get this sorted and then hopefully we can sort of start again next year.
1: Mm, Yeah, I agree. I think it was, I mean, I remember at first when the lockdown came and you heard there was a bit of discussion in running circles about, oh, there'll be some... There's going to be some, uh, you know, uh, Ill- illegal underground road racing happening yeah. and stuff. And, of course, that's become an absolute no-no and quite right because there's, there's so much going on. It's funny about London. I was actually surprised. We kind of – we'll move on to your background. I was surprised to see you hadn't run London. I was even more surprised to see that you've only – that, that, that uh, Florence was your first marathon. Yeah. You looked at you had a, an issue in Frankfurt, which we may, may we come to. Um, and, I, and, actually, it was because, you know, looking back and um, – yeah, I I just had it in my mind that you you'd been around more, and I think yeah. such a result, and we knew you as Jess Coulson on the circuit before. <laughs> and I, um, I mean, yeah, it feels that like you've been around a really at the top for a while, but obviously, in marathon, you've really just come to the fore now. Um, where, how, when did you decide to make that transition to marathon?
3: Yeah, so um, I think it started with the previous Olympic cycle, really. Um, with Rio I mean you know throughout my career you know I've done track I've done cross country and you know I do like all aspects of running obviously track's probably not my favorite but um I would still happily race it and things and 2015 was a really good year and I ended up running um you know like 5k in the Diamond League at the anniversary games yeah that was really cool but uh, throughout all that I still knew that you know my most success would come in a marathon because I can just run and run and run like my endurance is there it's the speed that I struggle with um and you know whenever I have, I have done runs I've always been at a decent pace I don't really tend to run that slow um, so I've all you know I've had that instilled in me since I was started running like when I was 15 16 sort of thing so um in an attempt to do the qualifying time for Rio we decided to do Frankfurt um, I was coached by Mick Wood at the time and we didn't really want to have too much of a focus in terms of marathon preparation we just sort of increased the long run a little bit and I was doing decent mileage anyway and um, Frankfurt was going well until the last 10k um, I tore my plantar fascia around 32k and I was I was well on for like 228 ish so it would have been the qualifying time um so yeah that was really painful that was actually where I first met um both Callum and Derek and Rob and Sandra um so I remember Sandra like seeing me at the end like bawling my eyes out because I thought someone had sawn off my foot it was that painful she's like do you want me to come down with you I was like no no it's fine um so um yeah after that I was then planning to hopefully make a comeback and do London 2016 like that would have been the Olympic trials but unfortunately it was just too much of a, a long rehab after like tearing the plant so it took quite a lot of time it didn't take time to well you had to offload it. it healed well but because the tear was quite big there was a whole process of like being in the boot and not really doing much and then obviously to build up through a marathon was quite quick mm-hmm. um so then from 2016 like to now really I still had my sights set on a marathon really um, and doing the half marathons but I've just sort of struggled with injury, uh, from then until like 2018, really. Um, but you know, I'd always sort of, when I started back running during that time, um, you know, I was still running intermittently, but always like having injuries, which is why I never really did a race. Um, I was still always like building towards another marathon. Um, and then when I started to sort of put together some form in 2018, um, Rob and I thought, well, let's just like put down some normal running first before we then try and build up to a marathon again, because you've not got a foundation, you know, you've not got that like strong brick of a house <laughs> to build on to do the <laughs> marathon block. So, um, that's what we decided in 2018 things sort of, I started back running again. I was, uh, I started a new job full time and I was commuting like an hour and a half in the morning and in the evening at the start. So it was quite a lot to handle. Um, and obviously that year ended in me with qualifying for the European Cross again. So that was just great for me to be back on the running scene. Um, and then obviously towards the end of 2019, we had our eyes on the Olympic qualifying again. So it was like, start again with the marathon really. Um, but I, I'd sort of always set, set that on their sights like since my attempts in 2015 really. So it was a long-winded answer.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. I mean, because the, the Frankfurt DNF, yeah, I mean, 2015, blimey, me, that's you know, it's that's getting on five years ago now, so it's really, yeah. it's great to see an um, Olympic cycle that you are back, but even back then, I mean, 71-36 at the Cardiff half, you know, yeah. you're in great shape, um, is that, have you, has you, you've gone quicker, I see your Czech Republic, you ran a yeah. time last year.
3: Yeah, so my, my half in Cardiff, like, that was my first dabble at half as well, and it was wow. really great, um, <laughs> again, I, I had no idea of the pace, I didn't really wear a watch or anything, and um, I wasn't really sure where I was in the in the race, and funnily enough, there was some Kenyans in the race who came. Like I won the British champs, but um, first and second were some Kenyan athletes, and I couldn't really tell if they were um guys or girls. They were ahead of me, and I was running with a group of like you know English club runners, and I was like, are they girls or are they guys? But anyway, I managed to re- I reeled them in with like. I don't know, 400 meters to go, and they they saw me on their shoulders, and they they just sprinted. And obviously, I didn't, I couldn't sprint that fast at the end. But um, so that was great. But then, um, yeah, I did Czech Republic this year. My time, you know, I'd still really want to better my half by quite a bit. And I think, oh yeah, I did in in Florence. So in the second half of Florence, I did 70.58, um, which I always forget. But even still, I'd love to run sub 70 one day. But in the Czech Republic, it was more of a race, really. Um, I didn't really go for a time. It wasn't really a fast course. And some girl was just sat on the shoulder of me the whole race. I did all the work. So after sort of my attempts to drop her, I thought, right, I'm slowing down here and we're just going to race this. <laughs> and <laughs> they actually won a sprint finish, which was like my first time ever. I think that's including like all sports days and things, <laughs> for kids, because I'm useless at stuff like that. <laughs>
1: You know, you mentioned Florence and the the split there. So I'm going to move on to Florence because when I was, um I, I knew your time and I remember at the time being really impressed by it. And, you know, it's it was amazing to see a British girl run so quick. But then it was only when I looked into it in the last week, I was looking at, actually went to look at the splits. Blimey. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to talk through Jess's 5K splits here just for everyone. So 1737 <laughs> to open, seventeen twenty nine seventeen twenty nine. And then the middle one's always a bit weird because it's to half cave, Then it goes seventeen, sixteen, forty-two, sixteen, twenty. I mean, what, talk about a, a execution. I mean, yeah. What was the what was the plan for that race? And I mean, did is this was it what you wanted? Was it beyond what you wanted? I mean, it's yeah. amazing execution.
3: Yeah, it was beyond what I wanted. And funnily enough, like if Rob listens to this, he'll laugh because he's if he did sets me a progression run, I always balls it up like really badly. <laughs> I'm so bad at them and. Even Derek tells me that like, if he's sat in the car with Rob and my progression room comes through on his phone, he's like swearing and effing and blinding because he's
2: like,
3: <laughs> done it all wrong. Um, so to actually execute it in a race was really good. Um, and we we talked to, so the plan A was actually to do Frankfurt Marathon, um, but then I, I just had a t- calf tear like 10 days before. Um which it was just annoying one of those annoying things came out of nowhere so we managed to get an entry for Florence Marathon so we did some you know marathon bike sessions between that time period and um so we got to Florence and we we're like look we just want the standard that's all we want so if I'd ran 229 29 I would have been ecstatic really um and then I got there and I knew the course wasn't like super, super fast because you start right in the center of Florence and there's quite a lot of twists and turns. Then you go out and you come back into the center again about halfway. And towards the end, um, when you're coming back towards the center, it's quite hilly and twisty again. And obviously, if you're on tired legs, um, that's never too good. So a lot of people have told me that. And I was very wary that I needed to save something, especially for that last 10K because the last 10k of a marathon is going to hurt anyway but if you throw some twists and hills and cobbles in there it's going to hurt even more so for me I actually listened to people mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was quite conservative in the first half and I wanted to just go through in about 74, 74 and a half and I went through bang on 74 and a half um, and I just thought right okay perhaps pick it up a little bit and we, we might get a decent time here but the first half I was running like off the so there was one pacer for the women and there was a group of africans um kenyans and ethiopians and then there was um me and i think there was an italian lady who had her own personal pacemaker in the race and i was just sort of sat at the back of that pack because i didn't want to do any work you know if you're trying to like run in and out i'm sure you'll know of people it expends energy doesn't it uh-huh. so I was really just trying to do absolutely minimal as possible um apart from obviously getting my bottles, which I didn't actually get to 15K because I think someone else was taking mine. (laughs) 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 Um, But anyway, I I managed and I got to halfway and I saw the time and at halfway we'd managed to, um, I didn't really realise, but we joined up with the front pack. Um, So then I was right on, obviously, with all the Africans and the lead pacemaker. And all I can explain it by is that I just got competitive um, because I had a sort of an eye on the fact that the girls other girls time weren't too far out of my reach and it could be quite a good race for me to finish fairly high up if everything went to plan and I was feeling great um you know the weather was perfect um and everything was just just one of them days where everything just went into place and I got to halfway and I just <laughs> it was like a switch and i just sort of got competitive I was like pushing the front uh, pushing the pacemaker and I think i just Dropped the Africans one by one, and I was with a group of uh, British guys. They were absolutely amazing um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they tell me off every time I think they 're from um, Chelmsford um, <laughs> okay. in down Essex somewhere, but they, they were amazing. There was about three of them, and I was running with most of them uh, for till about thirty five k They were in this group um, and then I dropped a few of them. I think one of them was he- ahead, but two of them were behind me and then at about 34k I dropped the the second place female we went up one hill like to go over dual carriageway um and I knew that if I just pushed up the hill that I think the Africans tend to if they're not winning then they just kind of give up a little bit sometimes my experience when racing them so I pushed and then I lost her so then I was just running with a pacemaker and he was going from my pace like as they nice. meant do. um and we just ran all the way to the finish then and I was just pushing and pushing and I'd given up trying to do the maths to be honest um, after about I think was it after halfway so it must have been about 25 30k I'd given up doing the maths because it was just too hard mm. um, and there was a clock in front with the car the lead car but I couldn't really see it like I don't have very good eyesight so I had my content lenses in but I couldn't see the clock So I didn't I had no idea what time I was on for until about 20 meters to the go to the finish to be honest and even then I had to like do a double take at the time. I thought, you know, if it was a good day, I would have run two twenty-eight. But um everything went superbly and I ran <laughs> a lot faster. So, like I said, it's just it's just one of them times I knew I was capable of it. Um, but I'd imagined that like Florence might have been a two twenty eight and then I might progress from there to a two twenty five, but I suppose you can't discount the fact that I did do a marathon block in Frankfurt, and that might have been my two twenty eight, really. Mm. So then I've like progressed to two twenty five. I think if you look at it that way, it's not so much of a shock, I suppose. But uh-huh. um, it was still, you know, I felt it was just one of them races everything went to plan. You know, even things like your stomach went to <laughs> went to plan in terms of a marathon. Uh-huh. My fueling was great. I had a few more gels than I normally would in training. Like in training, I'm not very good at like practicing my fueling and stuff I try but I just I just don't like it um but I did make a point of doing it in the race and had my gels and things and perhaps that just give me a bit more energy <laughs> so um yeah it was just one of the days that that went to plan and um I knew the training we'd done was mega hard so if I could do that and um you know it's not surprising that the race went well
1: it's it's amazing. I mean, this. I mean, this. You know, to close like that is incredible. Did you know? Did you go into it with a? Did you think? Do you have the? I mean, you're. You know, the level you're at. Did you go into it thinking that I've got a shot winning this, or did it come as a surprise to the race? I mean, if you're running two twenty five, you're. Yeah. You're, in, you're in the mix in any major marathon.
3: Yeah. So I looking at like what the people were entered at. Um, I thought maybe the win was perhaps out of reach because I think the girl who came second had run two twenty three before. She ran two twenty six something, I think, on the day. Um, So, but I did, you know, I knew that podium was a possibility if everything had gone well. Um, But to win it, yeah, that was just sort of the icing on the cake. It was great, and (laughs) when I put the video on my Instagram feed afterwards, but when my husband didn't really realise because. My parents are there, and my husband, and um, my mum and dad can never watch the race together, so my dad goes off <laughs> in one direction. <laughs> I think all three of them were in different places at one point, but towards the end, my mum was with my husband, and they were trying to like get a place in the crowds, because you literally just turned a corner into the centre, and that was the finish. Um, like, so he had no idea who was like leading. Um, he heard the odd Piasecki mention, but obviously it was all in Italian so he was filming whoever's coming around the corner and he saw it was me and he's just screaming his head off and uh i have this like special film now that is uh, a <laughs> video or whatever on my phone that and they started to play like pav and they timed it like oh, as i was nice. turning the corner and finishing down the street so it's all very emotional
2: <laughs> oh
1: what, a me- what an yeah. amazing memory <laughs> and you know that so you run there you it's interesting you talk about the pack the, the club the the chelmsford guys who were in the mix the the pacer how, how then were you approaching, fast forwarding now, I know it didn't happen, but hopefully it will soon, London. So we were so excited to see you and the other British elite women go out and it was going to be an amazing, I just prayed that the BBC just basically put a lead <laughs> and a camera on on you guys. How were you approaching going into a race like that, which was going to be a real race?
3: Yeah, exactly. So um, it's difficult really because um, you know some people might want to go off and just go for a time knowing that... that People might not be able to keep up with him, or some people might want to race. Um, I think I would have probably gone for let's let's just race this and just gone with whatever happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, given my experiences in Florence, I think it's quite nice to do that, just race, especially for a marathon, because a lot is like, okay, I'm going to go at this pace, and um, watching my clock, watching the splits, even in the training, you know, you're always watching like what pace you're doing and things. Um, it's nice just to sometimes have that freedom you know within within reason reasonable (laughs) um to just race and um see what happens really obviously i would have definitely conserved the first half like i did in florence and just tried to build from there but um yeah it would have been an exciting race and um i look forward to it happening whenever it does happen (laughs) Mm.
1: and and hopefully it does happen this year yeah um... And it's obviously Tokyo, does that would that have put that how would that pressure of I mean you must be it must be really a crazy place to be that you know you've got an eye on Tokyo but it's it's all you still need you've got the time. You, you know, you've got I'm sure you've got the belief that you're that you belong at that level, but you've you things can go wrong in a marathon that, you know, such a big car at the end of it.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, the marathon's such a an unpredictable game and, and I'm still very like inexperienced at it as well. Um And I think not only have us four girls done the qualifying time, but I know there's, I think I counted once there must be like 10 other British females that could also have, you know, they could have their amazing day at London and wipe Mm -hmm. the floor with the rest of us. There's no way we can, we rule that out. So it would have been such a highly competitive race and it it will be whenever it does happen. Um, So in terms of Tokyo, I don't, you know, whilst it's exciting and things and knowing that I have got a qualification time, it, until you've actually crossed that finish line in one of those spots, like there was no way I was like letting myself think beyond London really. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just dealing with whatever happens, happens after the race really.
1: Okay. So what about let's um, on training, how, what's your training like? You mentioned you're coached by uh, Robert Hawkins, which is, uh, that's the Scottish link that we're going to (laughs) use on on TRS. So coached (laughs) by Robert. How, when did you um, tie up with Robert as a coach? Did you go straight to Robert after Mick Woods?
3: yeah I did so um I've had this discussion with Rob before like is there any family in your is there any Scottish in your family at all can we like bring (laughs) you over I was like no honestly like my whole family my side is literally from Greater Manchester and that's it (laughs) (laughs) so I think the closest I've come is my husband's from Durham so that's as far north as we can (laughs) um maybe one day um so yeah in 2017 I um decided I think really to keep me in the sport like 2016 wasn't really a great year for me I I wanted a bit of a change and mix it up and I was aware of like the success that Rob had had with Callum at the time and obviously Derek um, with uh, helping Derek when he was um, going to Rio and things and I'd met Rob at um, Frankfurt as well and I initially made contact with him and said you know first of all would you have the time or would you like to you know have sort of a coaching relationship and at first it was more of an advisory role um, and he used to sort of set guidance um, around sort of what I was doing on a day-to-day and I think in 2017 you know, I wanted to try and get to Berlin. Um, I think yeah <laughs> I wanted to do Berlin in the September and then get married in the October as you know mm-hmm. as you do um, and we tried um, you know a build-up to Berlin um, but I, again I got injured and it was very hit and miss and I said, like, well, not thanks very much, sort of thing, but I, I did take a bit of a step away because um, I then got married and we went travelling um, over Christmas and stuff as well. So running wasn't a major priority then. Um, but then at the start of 2018, well, I suppose it wasn't really till the summer, the sort of end of spring, early summer. Uh, Rob was, you know, I was still communicating with him all the time. Um, and again, I'd just sort of run things by him um and he might set me the odd session or two if I wasn't sure or so on um then in 2018 it started to become a bit more like uh, constant he'd set me more and more sessions as I like progressed with my running so I might say what about this session and be like no it's a stupid idea <laughs> um what about something like this or do a tempo type work or this and then towards uh, I think I did my first race in a while um it was at the podium 5k at the end of 2018 and then I did Trafford 10k um and they went pretty well for my first race back in a very long time um and then going into the winter I I said to Rob I was like oh I'm not sure like running had gone really well and I was sort of building up decent mileage nothing major but it was like 70-ish miles a week um, but it was the longest for me in a long time. And I said, oh, should I uh, dabble in the cross country? And bearing this, I hadn't done a cross country for six years, mm. like, since I won the European Cross. And I was like, should I do the Cheshire 10K or the Milton Keynes cross country? And he said, well, why don't you do Milton Keynes? And then if that goes well, then you can do Liverpool. If it do not go well, then you've not really lost anything. And it do not matter because I love cross country. And for anyone who has done the European Cross is so good. It's so much fun. Um, it's such a big team event and um, I, I always like love that Um so I'd sort of half an eye on that and I did Milton Keynes and I came second to Kate Avery in like a, in a sprint finish event <laughs> huh. and uh, he said well there you go you've got your answer so um, off I went to Liverpool and I managed to qualify for the team so that was just great and then from there um, he's he's just like set me everything basically um, told me what to do and what not to do and um it's just gone from there really and it's gone from strength to strength really i don't think there's there's not many days where i don't have a like a text with him but um we definitely do a lot through like training peaks and stuff like that because okay. i i train at home on my own um or husband on said bike when we have big marathons <laughs> and things but nice. um yeah so if i'm at work then obviously it's around work but if i'm at home i just i just run from home at my own on my own most of the time okay. yeah it's great <laughs>
1: So, what's a, what's a normal training week like for you, say in the, in the guts of a marathon buildup? How does that Yeah, so
3: I think it would have been exactly the same, like Matt, Callum was describing on his <laughs> and theirs. So, Monday would be uh, like easy days, so maybe a couple of shorter recovery runs. Tuesdays, either two runs again or like a progression run that I'm never very good at. <laughs> um Wednesdays is sort of a medium long run so might be you know like an hour and a half or something like that and then Thursday would be a big marathon session um so you sort of build up to a fair amount of mileage there as you get into sort of the depth of the marathon. so it might be like in and out keys or 5k on 1k off a few times um so there's a lot of big marathon sessions which was you know a big difference um, in the marathon block that Um, you know, I've never really done before. Um Friday is one run, Saturday is normally it might be a session or it might just be a longer hilly run. And then Sunday would be like a long run but with like a lot of marathon paced work in it. Um, And for me, I think I got up to twenty-four miles was my longest run I did before Florence. Okay. Um I think I did that twice, I think. Yeah. Um so yeah I think my mileage got to I think it was hundred and maybe nine or something the nice. <laughs> so that was the most i'd ever done ever um, i was sort of like treading on eggshells i was always doing it i was like don't tell anyone don't tell them i'm a mileage <laughs> like in yeah. case like gives me some karma or something or comes back to bite me but yeah um, so yeah i'm sort of um obviously at the moment we're not doing really marathon training but um uh, hopefully that will start back up in the next few months, and I do like, I, although it's really really hard marathon training. I'm sure you know. I do love the grind and mm. a real fatigue feeling, and the satisfaction you get from like nailing a marathon session is just I don't know. You can't beat it really.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree because I'm at the moment I'm doing a lot of like short stuff and yeah. to try and get a bit faster, and I was. Um, uh, I was thinking the other day. Do you know what I kind of just want to go out and batter out a, a marathon pace Sunday yeah. You know, I'm kind of getting a bit fed up with these easy long runs on the weekend. Yeah, so
3: yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think I mean, the th- shorter intense stuff that just makes me hurt more as well. I do like in terms of my body. I think I feel better or bounce back better after because you're going at a slight less intensity, but for longer. I think that suits mm. me better. um And we've got like a perfect um, old race. Well, it isn't old, but. Um, like a motor circuit near home so it's like a five five minute drive and then you walk across this field of cows (laughs) but then there's a a 2k circuit and it's pretty flat um but like the tarmac's perfect you don't really get any dogs anywhere so i do a lot of my runs like on a 2k loop (laughs) in terms of my marathon sessions because it's just like perfect um perfect surfaces really
1: i think that's that's really interesting so i mean with london i mean hopefully london i mean does happen in october i tend to veer onto the skeptical skeptical side with you i guess you will unless unless you hear otherwise you'll probably just go into a marathon block with that being the plan until you hear otherwise
3: yeah so i think it will depend so we don't know if london is well we don't know if it's going ahead and we don't know if it's going to be the trials in october for like next year or if the trials is going to be in april like it was planned to be this year um so whatever way we will plan for a autumn marathon, but what that is yet, yeah, we're not a hundred percent sure. And that will hopefully be revealed over the next few months. But as you know, all of the autumn marathons are like within the space of two weekends of each other now anyway. So we'll start yeah. at roughly the same time and then just, um, adapt as we go along. So I think I'll have to go into it thinking that it's going ahead, you know, in terms of the focus on the training and that would that'll probably be better than at the moment like you're sort of in a no man's floating around kind of land
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a really uh, yeah i mean at least i've kind of almost got some respect for the fact that it looks like berlin have called it early that that's yeah. not gonna happen so at least people who are lining up for berlin know that but the other ones maybe need to need yeah you like yourself a bit more um information Speaking about the year in a whole, how do you, I mean, obviously this year is crazy, but typically in the structure of a year, you've you've talked about doing some, you've done a couple of marathon blocks there. Do you spend time at altitude as part of your training?
3: Um, I've been on two altitude camps before. So once I went in 2016 to Font, um, and that was part of the British Athletics program, I think. And um, it was okay there, but I the best one I went to was Flagstaff in the summer um, nice. with uh, Derek and Callum and Rob and Derek Ray. So those boys went out. They were out for four weeks, but I came out uh, for three weeks because I had a conference at work. So I did that and then, then came out a bit later. Um, and that was really, really good. Um, I was in different accommodation because I was sort of like a, a late booker on to the uh, – the holidays it were <laughs> um but yeah it definitely wasn't a holiday but it was it was really great out there I loved the running whereas in Font it was quite a bit rocky um and there wasn't as much choice whereas in Flagstaff you know we had a lot of variety in where we went for our runs and stuff and um just I think being out there was it was a lot higher as well I, I think one of our sessions was at 7,000 feet we did and uh, uh, coming off the back of that so that was really good to do at like the start of the marathon block and then coming back down back home I was sort of ready to then start those big marathon sessions and build the mileage so it was good to lay sort of a nice foundation um, and it was just a great experience training with like because obviously I've never had Rob like there with a the stopwatch at the side of the track and um, I've not had that for years um with any coach really um, so that was really good but obviously then to sort of train a bit with Callum and Derek and um I did a few sessions with Derek Ray as well um he was sort of pacing me and things a little bit but he was like they were all smashing me (laughs) at that time um so it was great to sort of train with the boys and um just be part of that group as well um so yeah obviously I'd have loved to go back to Flagstaff this summer and start like the next block but I really don't think that's happening anytime yeah, soon
1: <laughs> probably not. that's it. I mean that's that's the sort of that's the group of dreams for if you ask most yeah. of us what your dream training camp would be to train with three boys like that that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a good yeah.
3: start yeah I don't mind being you know with a group of lads either that's perfectly fine by me you know we're all sort of can get we can get on and just crack on with our own thing and then train hard when we need to and I think one of my towards the end I wasn't super fit when I went out there because I just had a little hamstring tear before I got there um, so it was definitely a struggle so I'd really like to go out there in a bit better shape and see if I can hang on for a few more runs <laughs> like because most of the time we'd start together and then it'd just be like oh okay bye <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah we'd always sort of wait for each other and if we're doing the same session then. You know someone's out there in the distance no matter how far away Cal is
2: (laughs) yeah
1: that's cool it's interesting you mentioned obviously there are a couple of things about work in the conference coming in how what what do you do for a living and how do you balance that you mentioned at the start that you're um, not working every day of the week how do you balance your you know what is a big a big amount of training you're doing now um with work
3: yeah so I've only just gone part-time so in the lead up to Florence and um all my you know most of my life up to now I've worked full-time um And I think I started the job I got now, um, it was June 2018, so I work as a lecturer at Nottingham Trent University. So that involves obviously teaching students, um, supervising students, but then running my own research projects um, and some of my areas of interest are sort of aging and physical activity and also female physiology. Um, So it's quite a balance and, you know, especially from like September to Christmas, I was working a lot um you know for a, a busy day I, I leave the house at six and I might not get back till half eight sometimes and um it's just you know you go to work with like your life in your car like those kind of things but I've, I've always done it and um I, I did well to sort of get the outcome at Florence as well even more so doing like that full time because I was really really busy like all the in the lead up to Christmas and that's when I made the decision like this is really like getting a bit too much now, um, in terms of my training load and obviously the performance in Florence, um, sort of cemented it for myself a little bit more and justified it that, um, okay, let's try and go three days a week. So now I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as my lecturing role. Um, and then, you know, hopefully leaving Thursdays open for the big session and Friday for like a bit more of a recovery day. But Mm -hmm on the side i also have like a coaching business and i it's mainly like nutritional female physiology kind of thing um so i do do some coaching and advice there um through my website called run science um and then we've just we've just started um me and a couple of others have started um a podcast called the female athlete podcast which um again we're not as experts as you but um, it 's been a really good thing, and i 've actually really enjoyed it so um hopefully that will just continue on to evolve yeah
1: yeah that 's really cool and actually that was the next thing I wanted to speak about is the the podcast and it was i 've got to say it was my my wife uh, fiona who i mean fiona's a, uh, runs from scotland she's put she put me onto that um so the female athlete podcast hosted by yourself, I'm going to give you your actual title, I feel bad I didn't give it to you to start, Dr. Jess Pizaki, oh, okay, I should have said. No,
2: pretend
1: Dr. Georgie Brunviles, who we also know, and Lucy Lomax. So yeah, what, so what, I mean, tell us, I've, I've, I have listened to your first episode, which is great, and it's really, it's a cool new podcast to have on the athletic scene. For listeners who haven't, um, tell us a little bit about it, and, and I guess any advice you would have for female athletes who, um, who maybe want, you know, more, information to hear more discussion on um, sort of female physiology
3: yeah so we so i knew georgie through running world as you know she's a a good runner um and work world really and she knows lucy and lucy is um a freelance journalist who specializes in sort of women's sports so she's done a lot of reporting in women's rugby um and particularly i think scotland women's rugby team she knows quite well as well Mm. um so we sort of came together and Lucy is our sort of (laughs) organizer (laughs) does all the social media and like make sure we have a proper script for our podcasts and things so she's really really good because Georgie and I can just waffle on and um just throw things out of the woodwork that might not actually go (laughs) go anywhere (laughs) so Lucy's really good like that but yeah so the the podcast the aim is to just raise awareness and understanding on all aspects of female physiology and and although the titles female athlete podcast I would class any athlete um as if you know a female athlete as someone who exercises so you don't have to be an elite level just if you're exercising to keep fit you don't have to run you know um any female who's trying to balance that kind of try and stay healthy try and stay fit I've got my own like fitness goals as well as a busy lifestyle, it might be with kids, it might be with work, it might be with both or whatever. It's aimed at everybody, but we want to just raise awareness. So we talk about all aspects of physiology um, and we're going to move on to things like, um, for example, the female, the football boots that females wear are made off a man's foot, which I didn't really know. Oh. Um, and it's only like recently, I think it's the past like nine months the uh, football boots are now uh, being made like off of females for specifically for females so previously they've all been made around males feet so that's Mm -hmm. you know that's not really fair so things like that you know people aren't aware of and I think that's that's really interesting and the people behind that were hoping to speak to and um yeah just I think from my own experiences as a young female in the sport you know I've, I've been quite outspoken about it in terms of like energy availability menstrual cycles and things like that I think it's important that this kind of information is out there not necessarily to you know say you know what we say is the thing to do but just give those people a basic understanding so they can direct themselves in in the best way possible for themselves and we get quite a few questions in now and saying oh wow they've learned so much I didn't really realize this was not normal or I didn't really realize there were other options for me because you know when they asked the question years and years ago the information might have not been there whereas now yeah. it is evolving and slowly but surely going to you know towards like clinicians and practitioners but it is still a relatively in research terms you know quite a new area so hopefully we can just bridge that gap a little pe- a little bit for people mm.
1: it's a great resource and, and when we had uh, one of our earlier podcasts we had Mary McLennan came on and, and, and Mary, yeah. Mary, Mary talked a bit about um, you know that during the early part of her career you know not getting enough support on on discussing on that you know that side of of training as a female athlete, and uh, you know, a lot of things like you know, training off the friends of hers using off the internet training plans, and you often don't get enough advice for um, female athletes. So I think it's great that you guys are putting out that extra resource. So, if yeah. anyone else want to hear, they should tune into the female
3: yeah. podcast. We want to try and put a podcast, you know, a couple of podcasts like specifically for coaches as well, because it's always hard for coaches to like have that conversation, especially with like young females at club level. So, hopefully, we can you know, just do provide a little bit of a platform for these people as well because they're doing so much for the sport already um hopefully we can just uh make a little difference
1: <laughs> Brilliant. no good i'm um, hopefully that continues to continues to evolve right jess before we go um we're going to throw some fart like questions at you, okay. you?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah that's right, fine so
1: i know i know you were listening to the, the yeah. boys <laughs> <laughs> in the run, so hopefully you've got some answers in mind right so cross country road hills or track
3: uh road and then cross country (laughs) favorite shoe um the next percent
1: (laughs) nice another one i like it um pre-race meal
3: um the night before i'll have very boring like just plain piles and piles of white rice and just a plain chicken breast and i won't have eaten vegetables for about five days so (laughs) (laughs) that's it
1: (laughs) It's interesting you say about rice. One, I think in the the question we might in the future switch it to, you know, carbo-loading, pasta, rice and night before, because that, <laughs> that seems to split up in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and what about morning off?
3: Um, morning off, oh, what did I have? Oh, yeah, I have um, just plain oats soaked in, like, um, soy milk with some honey and maybe, like, a piece of dry toast or something like that, but, uh-huh. yeah nothing very uh, yeah. delicious. Exactly. <laughs> very beige. <laughs>
1: um favorite movie
3: um in bruges
1: good choice that's a great comment <laughs> it hasn't been shown here before yeah um favorite race
3: florence <laughs>
1: nice worst race experience
3: um well there's been a few to choose from here i think there's um probably one when i was younger um I'm sure I could think of some more, but when I was younger, I raced at Woolerton Park in in counties in Nottingham Mm -hmm. and I was doing quite well. I must have been under 15 at the time and I was coming like top three or something. And I didn't really, I thought we were going on that long stretch to the finish, but we actually turned left and went back up into the woods and I didn't realize we had like more to go. And I just lost it. Like Rob calls it a brain fart. I've been having them all my running career, but I had a brain fart and I (laughs) I my mum telling me afterwards, she like, you didn't come out of the woods, Jess, like you went behind the trees and then I just couldn't see you for ages. So that was probably one of my worst experiences.
1: <laughs> I thought I actually was hoping you were going to say Frankfurt, and that would be the, you'd be the second person to use the Frankfurt example was their worst. So they've they've, yeah. they've avoided that shame. Um, rest day or recovery run?
3: Recovery run.
1: Favourite place to run?
3: Um I'd have to say Carsington Water, which is near my house. Um, it's about a five minute drive from me, but it's um a seven and a half mile loop round the reservoir and it's it's quite hilly, but I just love it round there. Um so yeah, that's that's just near home. Nice. I really missed that at the moment actually.
1: <laughs> Stockport or Manchester Uni? Uh Manchester. <laughs> Morning shuffle or evening saunter?
3: Morning shuffle, definitely. Running hero? Um, I did think about this. Um, I don't know really. So I, I do think Paul Arakis' record is unbelievable because that's like four superbly quick 10Ks back to back. But then I think people, you know, like Callum doing really well at the moment, challenging uh, the Brits and people, you know, like Laura Muir and Ailish like people that are probably my age, there's still people that you think, all oh, right, if they're doing it, then why can't I? So yeah, a bit of both really.
1: <laughs> nice. Favourite cake or biscuit?
3: Ooh, um, what about, can I say brownies?
1: (laughs) You can say brownies, excellent.
3: I make these like Oreo brownies and I have to say, even though I make them, they are very good.
1: (laughs) Oreo brownie, I like that. Um, Favourite beer?
3: Oh, I don't really drink beer, I'm more of a gin person.
1: (laughs) Okay, gin, we'll take that. Um, Miles or kilometres?
3: Miles, definitely.
1: (laughs) Good, that seems to be an overwhelming favorite there favorite distance uh marathon nice yep. i love that. You, I love favorite distance is the one that you've only finished one of
3: <laughs> that's, that's amazing but even like half marathon it just feels so much more harder i know like the marathon is just where i feel most comfortable
1: <laughs> nice um post race treat
3: um a gin and something like a pizza i think pizza or a burger i think
1: Ooh, nice i <laughs> yeah. like that and finally, so you've got one more race you can run in your career. You're guaranteed to be only fit for one more race. Yeah. It can be one you've already done. It can be one you've not yet done. What race would it be?
3: Uh, Tokyo 2021.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I like that. That's cool. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining us. It's been, it's been great to have you on. And uh, yeah, we're really, we hope that London happens soon. And when it does happen, we hope that you're lining up in
3: good shape. Yes, thank you very much. It's been great to talk to you. I've uh, listened to a few more of the episodes now and uh, I will continue to do so.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Well, yeah, good luck with uh, your podcast and yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again soon.
3: Yeah, perfect. All right, right. nice to speak to you. Thanks, Jess. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Brilliant! Thanks so much for that, Jess. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to listening to the interview. Um, I, I haven't listened yet, so looking forward to that in my long, easy run. So, thanks again, and good luck for the the upcoming season, if we if we have one this year. Um, so, Tom, so you, uh, you you better tell us about this uh, this space that you're pulling on on Facebook. Uh, you had some active root gel. You had an active root gel mixer here, or uh, I see.
1: Did I did? Yeah. Tell us about it. Right. So Active Root, um, you know, in the in the spirit of transparency, because we're an open podcast, Active Root have provided us with their with their gel mix. Uh, listeners know from the show that I am a big fan of the Active Root original drink. I've used it. I used it when I PB'd it. Marathon half and 10K. I think it's a great drink. Uh, really, it's, uh, it gives me a good sugar hit, but it's also got plenty of carbohydrate. Anyway, so I was interested when they came out with their gel and they, they sent us through it. It's an interesting one, right? So unlike, you imagine an SIS or Morton or something, you're going to get yeah. your gel and a wee wrapper and you tear it off the top, down the gel, chuck the wrapper. So Active Root is all, more sustainable. So it's they send, the, the gel mix is exactly that. It's a powder mix, which you, uh, you put in like a soft flask, one of those kind of right. like, typically blue soft flasks where you can buy an Active Root one. And you with the with powder put the powder in add some uh, the measurement of water shake it about and it forms this gel on the soft flask. so the idea is that you can you know you're not you know it's more sustainable in the sense there's no litter you're you can mix it up yourself carry it yourself ease of use so mixing it up was pretty straightforward to be honest you get a little spoon in the pack so it's easy to measure out the amount of uh, gel mix you need it's easy to put the amount of water in i mixed the equivalent of a single like serving of gel which would be like your single gels you would get with a with a with most sort of nutrition companies and yeah you could mix the beauty of it i guess is you could actually mix more you can mix quite a lot of gel in one soft flask and and take it as you wanted so i think from like ultra running or long runs i can see it being quite handy actually Um, yeah so in terms of taste so the flavor
0: i suppose just pausing on pausing on that i mean i i am so frustrated like because i do ultras the amount of bloody gels that you've got to take mm. in your backpack, like even look at me at the ETMB. Look at the of packets of, of, course, of yeah. all those gels and all that waste. Like in the the thing about some of these ultras is if you there's a there's a there's a risk that you could drop one of the packets like when you're running without right mm. noticing that never a litter. And yeah. you can get disqualified. And people have been disqualified in the past. So to put something like that in a soft class all the gels in one place. I think it's brilliant. I think it's yeah. uh, genius. So, and you, uh, I mean, you're you know, taking a active route for that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're taking what you're. As an ultra, you're taking what a gel an hour, roughly, something like that. Oh, more than that. If it's depending how the intensity
0: of of the ultra, how the distance, and um, could be up to three. But um, you know, a, a, a prime example is uh, like the the hundred k on the road. I would maybe take three gels an hour. Wow. Two or three gels an hour. You know, getting around about sixty to ninety grams of carbs uh through the gels and maybe some of the sports mix. But like um how many that's that's like over six hours, seven hours, that's that's twenty gels. Yeah, that's a lot twenty that's a lot of gel. And it's pissing around, taking the, the tops off, putting them back yeah. in your pocket. Um, so not, not plugging it, I think it's it's brilliant, but um yeah, anyway. I think running I
1: think running is going to have to become more you know sustainable I think actually that it's a really I think for particularly as you say when you're when you're at a race like an ultra and you're not there's not aid stations and not bins and it, it is more so that's a real pro of it um and actually the, yeah actually having the volume as well um in terms of the if we get to the so the t- it's, the flavor is um cacao peppermint and ginger now I like the citrusy ginger flavor of their drink and I'm going to be up front here the cacao peppermint is not for me well, honestly, and you could probably, as a couple of listeners have pointed out, my face reaction probably told it all, right? It was a, there was a bit of a wince there because that is a sharp flavour. Now, if you like mint and cacao, that sort of chocolatey mint type, what the hell is you cacao? Know, cacao, you get like you know cacao powder, like something that's like a, oh yeah, 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 yeah. aye.
0: Sorry. It, I mean, it's it's. It, Chocolate and peppermint. I, I, I maybe quite like it.
1: You might quite like it. But I'll
0: let it get you can
1: of the rest of the tub, and we'll get you can do the next. You can have you give us your opinion. I, it was a bit sharp for me. I'll, I'll be honest. And um, and actually, I, I think I see they're coming out with an original flavour coming out, and that sounds like that will hit the nail on the head for me. Anyway, um, I took it before a session. It was a three by three k session, and you know, I my stomach was fine. I felt pretty. Uh, I didn't feel short of energy. I felt, you know, from a fueling perspective, it was good. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, there, it's inter- it's good. And, and what's interesting is I was looking into it. So an, a single serving is 24 grams of carbs. Now, I was doing a bit of research. If you compare it to, say, an SIS is 22 grams per gel of carbs, and Morton, which I've taken in some of my marathons, is 25. So it's right on the sweet spot in terms of what you're looking for, you know, what you'd expect from a normal gel. So from that perspective, I think it's it's good. And you know, I think I quite like the idea actually on my long runs of having of having it, a, a soft flask full of it and just taking it as and when I needed. If I was if I was going to be out for a long a long time, um, and I think you know the the ginger aspect I've always been a big fan of that. in active root it does settle your stomach. The flavour, as I said, is this is not for me. I um, I'm really looking forward to a new one coming out. So yeah. um, that was fine. You know, feeling I as I felt okay overall. I'm going to say it's I'm, I'm giving it my stamp of approval i think it's a really good i really like this concept of not having it in in, in individual wrappers i think that you know it, it does exactly what you need to do in terms of uh in terms of fueling uh easy to mix as well and actually i quite like the idea of having a tub full of gel powder in my in my cupboard that i can just mix as i need rather than going oh christ have i got have I, how many gels have i got in the cupboard you know so I I think I try it out if you're if you're someone who likes to go out for yeah. long runs or ultra races that this is where you're at. I mean, for, I wouldn't put it this way. I wouldn't carry a soft soft flask around London. I would still, and that's maybe where while you still can, I would I would maybe say to Active Route, I would love to take their gels in a race in wrappers and and not built to ditch them. I'm not carrying a soft flask in a marathon, but beyond that, when I might be carrying a pack anyway, maybe I will. Yeah. So yeah.
0: As you as you're chatting away there, I'm just i'm I'm just looking at your your uh, uh you you might hear this folks
1: the review that's of the video well, the video review is actually on the video of the preview of me mixing it a demo of how to mix it is on our facebook
0: page that's it look at you shaking that soft flask go oh, checking your watch as well eh? <laughs> going to
1: get it the full time uh, it was yes. interesting one that was i thought it was a it was a kind of as I say, I've only ever just bought gels that are pre-packaged and you take it, you dump the wrapper. So it was a bit of a...
0: I haven't seen it yet. I want to see a reaction again. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, get that down you tummy. Oh. See your face. Come on, show me your face. <laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, you can tell by the haircut when that video was taken, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know what. Well, my wife is uh, loves a bit of chocolate peppermint, so I think that would go down really well with her. You may like it. Uh, I'm oh, screaming like out for you. the, I'm screaming out for the original flavour to come out.
0: Aye, well, get that sent to us soon, and we can review it. Eh? Yeah. So, thank you, Active Root, for letting
1: us have that. That's good, and you know, as I say, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of their stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, going on. Uh, Next, the next topic we have um, as as we ease uh, sort of oh god I'm not even getting my words out just now it's one too many of those uh, those beers eh? yeah been as we're winding it. down I was going to say we've we've got a runner's run um, is this an anonymous rant I don't think it is is it
1: I don't think it is I don't think it, he didn't ask to be anonymous so for me unless <laughs> you asked to be you ain't <laughs> yeah
0: so thanks Mark for the for the rant um, so I'll read the rant out whilst I'm on our script. Strava is great. Log your runs, say how you're feeling, tell us a wee bit about it if you want. Even if you want to put a picture on, all good. Same with Garmin Connect, but don't don't then put a screenshot of it on your Facebook and on every running group that you're a member of. If it's a race or run you're particularly proud of, then fine but not every run you do every day. If I want to see your every run, I'll follow you on Strava. Half the time, they have a picture and full makeup, as well as showing off their cleavage, and, or taps off, showing off their pecs. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't this, this sounds a bit like you, Tom.
2: If you wasn't
0: feeling it today on my two-mile run, you don't care about the run. You want comments on, on your boobs or your six-pack. Go set up your own fan page of Peter Pecs or Donna's Diddy's. Let's strava be strava. If a running group has over ten thousand members and every member posts every run, then there's no point in the group. I'd hate to be someone who had to moderate all of that. Dot dot dot. There you go, Tom. So uh, I'm only joking; it's not you at all. But uh, but what, what do you make of that then? Are you, are you're Mark Sider.
1: I'm totally Mark Sider, and this is I don't understand. Unless list, many listeners to the show will do this, so I do apologize but I don't understand why you would take a screenshot of your Strava and share it on Facebook. Like, and I, you know, I know people have got albums al- on albums of screenshots of their Stravas. I'm thinking if I want, if I want to, if I want to follow your running, I will follow it on Strava. You know, that, that app is for that. I'm, I'm not sure what the, I, I really don't understand that. It's like, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre why you would do that. Is it, you know,
0: isn't that a way of attracting members to your Strava though? If you continue to post on social yeah, see, media,
1: yeah, but why would you post it to like a, a running friend Scotland? Oh, by the way, I've done a run, here's my image of my Strava to prove it.
0: I, yeah, I, don't, I really don't, I
1: really don't, I really don't get that. I, I mean, I really don't get that.
0: There's some people, I mean, maybe not like in running friend, that's one example of a, of a group, but they get like 500 likes.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Which is it's crazy, but I think if you get that many likes, then you you must be some sort of influencer, and, and thus you have the maybe the qualification to to post every day about your runs. But why? Um, yeah,
1: but there's a difference between posting it on your own feed, which I still am not a, hugely a fan of, and then also posting it on Running Friends Scotland. I mean, I'm not like that. Is that not quite like assumptious that the thousand members of Running Friends Scotland are interested to see your run? I mean, I don't. I, I, I've got no problem with someone saying, "Oh, I had a great." Just want to share the fact I ran a, a PB; it was amazing. Or even like, "Oh, I had a rough run today." You know, you know, get a bit of support. But I, I'm just thinking, like, sharing a, a screenshot of your mobile battery state, battery percentage, and all. You know, it's bon. I just don't <laughs> get that.
0: I, I'm not saying I do this, Tom. So, uh...
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's why <where> I'm <laughs> going two feet in
1: because I know you don't
0: do it. I'm just to piss you off. I'm just, <laughs> to, <it> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna send
1: you messages of my my Strava. Eh? Send them to me directly. I would just. I would love you to share it to RFS. That's your goal for the next week: It's to do a run and say hi, everyone. My name is Cal Greg. I did. A, I was really chuffed to bits of my easy six mile run. Here's an image. Here's two uploaded pictures: one of the Strava summary and one of the elevation profile. Just to prove to you, I did
0: it. Yeah, I'm. I'm going Please to. comment accordingly. I'll do it once. Just it. in <laughs> fact, you know we should do like a. a we'll bet. We'll do a, some sort of bet, right? And we have to do it. I don't know right. what it would be. I don't know. Is is London going to be on or off? Oh, off. For, well,
1: off. I think We're off is or... a mass event. Off is a mass event.
0: Okay. So not completely off then.
1: Uh, uh, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm on the fence about that at the moment. Oh, his hair is he's, he's, look he's, at this.
0: Yeah, that hair is going on edge again. Oh Jesus, Wolverine. <laughs> oh man, you do. Anyway, well, I'm gonna say it's completely off. So, uh, so if I win, then you've got to post something on Running Fair. It's Got all your Strava, a week of Strava posts. A week,
1: blame me. Okay, Sorry, it would be great. It'll, it'll be great advertising for TRS. Hmm.
0: I see you've also uh, put TRS podcast in your uh, your Strava too.
1: I have. Yeah, I just thought it would be. I like it. Yeah, I thought we would just trying
0: you know, to be known as the Tom Bryan, just the TB.
1: Well, I Do you know what's interesting on Instagram? Everyone who follows us on Instagram, a lot of people, yourself included, have runner in their like title. You know, Cal Runner, Ben Ward Run Beer. All That's these it. as two examples. And I thought maybe Tom I should change my. Maybe I should change my. My, my Instagram handle to like TRS Tommy or something
0: TB TB TR, TRS Tommy I love it you <laughs> definitely should I'm, I might do what you do with my strava. I might you know not Kyle Greg the, the runner anymore it's Kyle Greg the podcaster <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to be known as a runner now I'm just known as the guy who does a podcast so. oh well what do you, can you do well anyway well thanks for the rant Mark um, I think I agree I I think it's a great rant, um, and I'm I'm completely in agreement with you.
1: Yeah, and I'm off to like uh, Peter's Pecks fan
0: page. <laughs> That's it. Donna's Diddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh well. Well, do we have a? Do we have an update? How Ali Sutherland's getting? So off? actually,
1: while you were speaking, so that that was I just started looking at that. This is maybe why, oh, maybe I might look a wee bit distracted there. So TRS on the week, we don't really. There's not really much to add there um we haven't got there wasn't any virtual races there was nothing really zach better might be probably worth it <laughs> might be in for a shout of it the other person who's still going and we did say oh, as long as he's going we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll give it to him we may revisit that eventually ali sutherland is still going so today at he- 904 he ran what i believe is his um 31st i'm trying to work out what roman numerals triple x one two three one so it's 33 34th, 34th marathon in a row uh i mean this is getting towards is that not more than what's his name eddie izzard did
0: oh he did 50 didn't he
1: 50 okay so he's getting towards that anyway so today he ran he ran 26.78 miles in 414 which is 929 pace and yeah i mean he's 195 miles every week at the moment he did 347 yesterday uh wow yeah unbelievable you, the, the day before, three fifty nine. Day before, three fifty six. Uh, the day before that, three forty four. The day before that, three fifty six. Day before that, four twenty eight. The day, oh, that was twenty eight miles to be fair. The day before that, four oh nine. That was the start of last week. So that's what he's done in the last week. He's done seven marathons and he's running pretty consistently at like nine, nine thirty minute miling. Um, yeah,
0: unbelievable. Bloody hell. And he's uh, he's wearing Nike Infinity Run shoes, I think.
1: Is he? Do you know? What? I'm actually going to review those in a couple of weeks' time. I've been running in them oh, yeah. for about a week yeah, now. Looking forward to that. Interesting. Anyway, so yeah, listeners, jump on his on his Strava. It's worth a follow. I mean, this is getting it's pretty impressive that um, that he's doing this. I mean, yeah, he must be. In, his legs must be
0: in bits, surely. 187 miles last week. Bonkers. What the hell, eh? Where are? Well, keep on going, keep on running, as the same, run, forest, run, or whatever you, you want to call it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how you get on next week. Yeah. So, Tom, what's in store for you the next few days then? What's... Uh, you, you're still working away there, you... You got any yep. races coming up? Or <laughs> <laughs> any, any virtual races?
1: I've got no virtual races coming up. Uh, this week I've got, I think I'm going to do a tempo tomorrow night. Uh, that's probably the highlight of my training week, and... No, I mean, I say the last dance last episode of that to watch, and nice. um yeah pretty pretty quiet week actually, which is uh, which is good how okay. about you
0: uh not much uh, i'll I'll do the odd training session here and there i will try and aim for about ten miles a day. that's my nice. sort of benchmark and then if if I feel good, I'll maybe do a session if not then i'll 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 do a an easier run so. Um, nice. But yeah, just been um, you know, watching a bit of Netflix here and there. Started watching Money Heist as well. Nice, it's quite good. The terrorist team. Netflix. Um, you know, I
1: need to have a look at
0: that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been good. Um, but yeah, looking forward to things hopefully easing and lockdown and mm. starting to hopefully see family and friends at some point. And yeah, absolutely. We'll just see how, see how things go. We can only. We can only do what we can do, eh?
1: Indeed. So, well, listeners, feel free to get in touch and listen to what you're up to, either on, on a, one of our many streams, be it a, a rant you've got, you want to share your training, you want to share your thoughts on when things are going to go back to normal, you want to share your, your current, any virtual race results you've done, please get in touch. We do like hearing from you. You can do that on tartanrunshorts.gmail.com. Our Facebook is at Tartan Running Shorts. Our new Instagram is at Tartan Running Shorts. So get involved and get liking on there. And our currently um, what's dormant? Uh, our <laughs> dormant suspended Twitter account is at Tartan Shorts, which I've been I need to get apparently it's a real flaw on Twitter that loads of people have been caught up by this I've seen on some forums. So I'm desperate trying to get in touch with Twitter to sort this out. Worst case we might have to create a new account. <laughs> oh, so that anyway, but so American. stay tuned there.
0: Oh man! Well, thanks again, folks, for listening to the show. And you know, if if you haven't already uh, reviewed us, or please do do so. Um, review us on iTunes is great. Um, give us five stars. Write a comment. And give us some some comments. Give us some love, and uh, it does enhance us and uh, gives us some street cred in the world of podcasting. So, yeah. Um, in, in, in any case, be safe out there, folks. Maintain your social distancing, and uh, we will catch up with you next week. Thanks very much. Bye.